and three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from women empowerment to feminism and everything in between. You were joined by your host, Kenzie McBed. Thank you everyone for tuning in for yet another week. I know that I announced in the last episode that the podcast is now going every other week, so I appreciate everyone remaining to tune in and sticking with me and continuing with me on this journey as we try to uh, tell the story of what feminism is like as uh, I go through it and as we all go through it um, in today's culture. So I appreciate that. Um, Since I've last spoken, I did my second century ride and it was a really rewarding experience. Um, It's something interesting, uh, definitely, because I feel like in the past, I haven't necessarily physically challenged myself to an extreme. I was never really involved in sports or super athletic as a kid. And I feel like by participating in these century rides, I've learned a lot about myself physically, which in turn, you have to play a mental game of endurance and keeping to push yourself physically. Um, and I think it's a great experience to have. Um, it was really cool. I wrote it with, uh, my friends and coworkers and, um, it, the first like three hours was just pure rain. (laughs) It was really intense. I couldn't see my contacts were moving around, but we did it. Um, we did obliteride, um, which is, uh, ran by the organization Fred Hutch who does cancer research. So, We did a ride and it was great and I would highly recommend if you haven't or if you have to continue pushing yourself in that physical way because I think it's really cool and actually um, a mental test. So it was a lot of fun. Um, But beyond that, I wanted to dive into our episode by talking about like and having a certain frame of mind before we dive in. So Continuously, I feel like I hear the argument or by a minority of people that I talk to is that sometimes they'll ask, why is feminism such a big push? Many respond by saying it seems like legally there's equality and all the rights are there. So what's the fight for? Um, That fact isn't necessarily uh, perfect or true. um, But beyond that point, if you're taking that point at face value, it's the culture because the culture oftentimes results in either a physical or tangible or visible discrimination. And we go backward and, um, it's definitely the culture and society and how it behaves toward other people. That's so important. Um, that's why the me too movement has made some changes in the way we behave currently. Um, anyway, I wanted to keep this frame in mind before I dived into to today's topic, but Today's topic is about the U.S. military sexual assault rate for women. So in May 2019, the Department of Defense, or the DOD, released an annual report on sexual assaults in the military for the 2018 fiscal year. It um, apparently... Congress requires every year that this department provides an annual report on sexual assault. Um, So first, I wanted to define what sexual assault means to the DOD as we're looking at these statistics. Uh, To this article, it means, or this study, it is rape, sexual assault, forcible sodomy, aggravated sexual contact, abusive sexual contact, and attempts to commit these offenses. 
So what are the numbers from this report? The report found that in the 2018 fiscal year, it increased for active duty women ages 17 to 24, but remained unchanged to men. But what is that comparing it to? It's the 2016 fiscal year. So 6.2% of active duty women indicated experiencing a sexual assault in 2018, while it was just 4.3% in 2016. And for men, again, it remained 0.7% of what they experienced, and it's remained unchanged. Um, So I also wanted to talk about military academies. I was curious about what their numbers were like. Um, Reporting remains low for them, but this is all from an article, stripes.com. Um, It states that the rate of assault among women in the military academies is 15.8% amongst the men that is 2.4%, and that's a 50% increase since 2016. So I wanted to keep in mind around the culture of uh, this academy as well. Um, So going back to the original article of active duty uh, service members, the department estimates that those statistics are around 20,500 active duty service members um, that have experienced some kind of sexual assault, and 13,000 of those are women, and 7,500 are men. So I want to talk a little bit after this report um, what happens. So this is the next thing I think I'm going to be talking about is a USA Today article by Tom Vanden uh, Brock. So According to this article, the former defense secretary who actually resigned in uh, July, his name is Patrick uh, Shanahan. Um, I might be butchering that, but he called for sweeping reforms after the study came out. Um, I also wanted to read a few more statistics. 85% of the victims knew their assailant and alcohol was involved in more than 62% of the assaults. Um, So I wanted to keep that in mind as well. But what's going to happen now that the former defense secretary who was the defense secretary when this report initially hit the public, um, what's going to happen now that it is uh, now a man named Dr. Mark Esper who's in this role? I wanted to like look up if he he hasn't spoken out about the report um, based on like the very surface level of articles that I researched, but he did have a quote uh, from the past, um, and this is according to the Defense Visual Information Distribution Service website. So here's his quote. Um, sexual assault and sexual harassment violate the trust and safety of our nation's most important resource, our people. Next month, I'll be joined by the secretaries of the Navy and Air Force as we host a national discussion on sexual assault and sexual harassment at America's colleges, universities, and service academies. Leaders and subject matter experts will join together to learn from each other and share best practices as we work to eliminate these destructive behaviors from our institutions of higher learning. Together, we can create a culture of better people, better leaders, and a better nation. So this, again, was before he was in this official role as the current defense secretary, but that was his view a few months ago and when he met with a group of people. Um, But when this report came out, um, Patrick, who was the 
original Secretary of Defense when this report came out, said there was ways that he was hoping to address the problem. And I'm curious to learn what Dr. Mark Esper's uh, ways would be. But here's what he said. He said, seeking a standalone military crime of sexual harassment, developing new tools to measure the problem, launching a program to catch serial offenders, improving assessments of the character of military applicants, training for junior officers and junior enlisted leaders and focusing on prevention. And again, that's from a USA Today article. Um, I now want to read something from the New York Times article, again, on the same report. The issue took on added political visibility in March when Senator Martha McSally, Republican of Arizona, said publicly that she had been raped by a superior officer and had suffered numerous sexual assaults while serving in the Air Force. She has opposed shifting authority over sexual assault cases away from commanders. So that's another article relating to um, this report. But a few years ago, this isn't like a new thing that people are noticing. Uh, a few years ago, in 2012, a documentary uh, called The Invisible War came out. Um, the Invisible War, I'm going to read a synopsis um, according to the website, is The Invisible War is a groundbreaking investigative documentary about one of America's most shameful and best kept secrets that epidemic of rape within the U.S. military. The film, a nominee for the 2013 Academy Awards, paints a startling picture of the extent of the problem. Today, a female soldier killed in combat zones is more likely to be raped by a fellow soldier than killed by enemy fire. I just thought that last statistic was something very powerful and intense to kind of let sink in. Um, so that movie also had a statistic that among all active duty service female soldiers, 20% are sexually assaulted. Again, that's different from the statistic that the DOD reported. So I'm interested in learning more where the Invisible War got this from. I couldn't find where this number was from, but it's obviously a different statistics. I'm curious and I don't want to like theorize and say this is fact, but this is maybe a guess. Maybe this is the estimation of unreported incidents. Um, again, couldn't find the number, so you can take that as you will. Either way, it's a high number um, to be reported from the DOD report. I wanted to also dive into an article by the Daily Beast. Um, a judge dismisses the epidemic of rape in military case. So one of the main people in the Invisible War documentary, her name was Corey. Um, she had a lawsuit against the military for mishandling sexual assault. And Corey, again, is heavily featured in this documentary. But they had dismissed her case from that movie. Um, and I wanted to read a quote from the Daily Beast article about that. Um, it says, but survivors say that the assaults themselves are just the tip of the iceberg. More damaging is the way they're handled. Victims who report their assaults report being further victimized by the military's handling of their complaints. 90% are eventually involuntarily discharged. So that's another thing to keep in mind. But the reason why I wanted to talk, obviously, it's an important thing to talk about, but... I wanted to bring it to light, especially on this podcast, because these women are fighting for the safety and the freedom of our country, and sometimes even for other countries, 
They volunteer their lives. They make personal sacrifices of being away from their families and more. Um, And even though they face this high statistic of sexual assault, women still go in anyways. And they have to deal with this very real and prevalent culture of sexual assault. And I feel like they should at least feel safe in their own home base, for lack of a better word. I know this terms, that's not accurate for all branches of the military. But for their home base, they should feel safe and like they won't have to worry 24 seven and that they can return to something that isn't scary. Um, and I just think it's sad that the statistic is higher for a woman to be sexually assaulted than it is to be killed in combat. Um, I think that's pretty ridiculous and it obviously needs to change um in a lot of ways so yes uh the fight for feminism is still very real and we won't stop and I won't stop bringing it to light as long as I'm around so uh what is something positive you're looking forward to this week um hmm. I always save this for last and I can never remember what I was about to say but I guess I'll say I am looking forward to going on a few trips where I see some friends and family and um, I'm just looking forward to the next few months of seeing a lot of people that I love. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, I hope that you consider what you're looking forward to and keep that at the back of your mind as much as you can. Again, I appreciate everyone for tuning back in and joining me for yet another week of The Peaceful Truth. Thank you so much. See you all soon.